You are listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. I've got a joke for oh, you. Oh, man, this is amazing. You didn't know this, but I tried really hard to open this episode with a joke. Did you? Could not find one <laughs> that was really good. I didn't think it was good enough. So this is a relief well, to Well, it won't be a relief for you specifically because oh, no. I'm going to tell you a joke that you've heard from me recently. Oh, okay. But that our listeners have not. I'll react authentically. Okay, that's great. So St. Thomas Aquinas yeah. walks into a bar. Mm-hmm. Bartender pours him a goblet of mead and says, how are you doing today, St. Thomas? St. Thomas looks at the bartender and says, well, honestly, I mean, not super great. I've been working on this massive compendium of Catholic theology, and Mm. it's basically a summation of everything that we teach, all our theology, our doctrine, and it's been a massive labor of love. It's taken me so long and and so hard to work on, and I've even got a great title for it, Mm. Summa Theologica. But... (laughs) The problem is I lost it recently. I lost it. I lost all this hard work. And I just can't fathom why a wise and good God would inspire me and strengthen me to write this magnum opus and then allow me to lose it. Mm. The barkeep pauses for a moment thoughtfully and then looks at St. Thomas and says, well, you win summer, you lose summer. Yeah, he did. (laughs) He did say that to him. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, oh, you get it? Summer, yeah, I yeah. do. I do get it for the for the third time. <laughs> the actually, third time. I get it. <laughs> oh man, I was poor Ethan. I was trying. Well, I was trying to come up with like a thematic, kind of cult themed joke. Oh, you know, I was like, I was really trying to. I was really trying to be on brand today, and I searched through a lot. A lot of them were very bad. A few were relatively inappropriate. Um. And I was like, oh, I should do a Jonestown joke. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But the punchline was too long. <laughs> yeah. The punchline was too long. The joke because, is that. Because Jonestown. Yeah. They all die drinking. They all die drinking. Flavor Aid punch. Yep. That is. <sighs> I'm ashamed of myself. <laughs> That was good. Uh, yeah. Well, you said it. It's time to look at another call. You yeah, already you did it. Yeah, that's you are very excited about that. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> it is so it gets to me after the morning. So, to each, you know, we each we gotta have our thing that gets us out of bed. Some would have a, a you know a peaceful, prayerful morning. You know, I'm like, we're talking about cults. <laughs> You're right, we do have our things. <laughs> we do. Whew, okay. Composing myself. So Today, we will be taking a brief look at the Jehovah's Witnesses. Okay. Sounds so imposing. It does. Yeah, yeah. These are the folks who are probably most likely to come knocking on your door, so definitely a big help to know what they believe mm. before they do that, mm. because, you know. Man. Yeah. I know they can't possibly know this ahead of time, but we're already starting off on the wrong foot if you come knocking at my door and announce <laughs> Like, I, I am 100% that kind of person who pretends they're not home, no matter how obvious it is. Like, you were, like, outside, like, tending the lawn, and, like, you, like, just go walking inside, like, upon their approach, come knocking. 
Oh, they're like, yeah. we know you're in there. Like, nobody's home. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> we'll come back now. Like, mark that house down on the list. Like, we're not we're not going there again. Just a silly place. Just <laughs> a silly place. That's right. So, yeah. If you listen to our last episode on Mormonism, the good news, question mark, is um, the history of the Jehovah's Witnesses is a little less complicated than the Mormons. Okay. They're lacking in the crazy angelic visions and yeah, golden okay. plates and Egyptian scripts translated through. Less fantastical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, to keep it very brief, in the late 1800s, a gentleman named Charles Taze Russell mm. started a Bible study, which is a fine thing to do. Sure, yeah. Unless uh-huh. you have your own weird ideas about Christianity. <laughs> yeah, I do see a pattern. <laughs> Because <laughs> he did. And uh, out of that Bible study group, he created an organization that was called the Zion's Watchtower Tract Society. Mm. And I have to look at that every time because I can never remember the full. Yeah, I'm not liking that name. It's too much. No. And it sounds, it's already got kind of like yellow flags, you know? Yeah. I'd say burnt orange. <laughs> the word tract is in it. And that's, that's a problem the word for me. Tract. And society. Tract society. Yeah, it's a weird thing, man. (laughs) So, um, long story short, uh, Russell was just kind of a charismatic leader and uh, obviously challenged a lot of Orthodox Christian teaching. And he wrote quite extensively on what he thought was indeed the true teaching of Scripture, because as is always (laughs) the case, the, you know, last 1800 years Mm. of Christians have gotten it wrong, of course. Yeah, yeah. They didn't have his ego. Um, <laughs> but this is basically the hard work version of what we all do when we don't quite like what something appears to mean. Like, right, yeah, well, like, actually, I think it means this instead. Like, it's more comfortable. <laughs> that makes me feel less sinful. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, and uh, they were actually technically not known as Jehovah's Witnesses until after his death. So that title came out of this Watchtower Society after Russell died in 1916, when a man named Joseph Rutherford was elected their president, and uh, he renamed the group the Jehovah's Witnesses, and thus they are to this mm. day. That's really pretty much the yeah. the history and summation. Gotta be honest, that's not a huge name improvement. <laughs> Like, ignoring the maybe bothersome eschatology that comes to mind when I hear Watchtower Society. Um, It also sounds like an extremely hip and exclusive club for, like, fire tower lookouts. (laughs) And I I like that. If they sold patches, I would buy one. I see you two are a witness. (laughs) Witness to the national parks. I like that. Yeah, so um, given their history, you know, and the fact that they did challenge a lot of these teachings that are considered orthodox, Mm. what then does this group believe? And why don't we consider them, you know, orthodox Christians? Only you can prevent forest fires? (laughs) That's my running theory (laughs) for their central tenets. They they gather together in a circle and say, you know, it's like their little liturgy. Who can prevent forest fires? Us. Only us. Oh, that's great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Get the little chant going. I like that. Uh, you know, they, their ritual is not to light candles, but to snuff them out. Yes. Like they come in already lit, they snuff them out, you know? Wow, yeah, we, so can, we can invent a whole... I am liking this. Our own little cult. Yeah. That's like Jehovah's Witnesses sub-brand, you know? <laughs> I'm sure they'll really Child appreciate Child organization? It. Yeah, I don't know. So... 
much like our Mormon friends, Jehovah's Witnesses do not believe in the Trinity, mm. which again, <laughs> I, just, I cannot emphasize enough. If you deny that, mm. you have like thrown out like what is essential and distinct about Christianity. So like the Mormons, are they also very, very particular about saying, yes, we're definitely Christians? I feel like they're not as, okay. this sounds weird to put they're it this way, staunch. but like, yeah, like the Mormons have like this inferiority complex, I feel like. Yes. They're like, they get like, I am a Christian, you know, more kind of like, <laughs> like that, okay, calm down, buddy. Right. You know, like right. it's, you know, it's like, go back to the, you know, the white room and, you know, in your, in your jacket, you know, I don't know. But Jehovah's Witnesses, I don't feel like you get that as much. Okay. Um, I mean, I think theirs is just kind of like a, like, all oh, we know, like, and, you know, we're not even going to bother trying to convince you, hmm. um, that kind of sense. That's a sense I get, but, you know. I don't want to put words in their mouth either. But they definitely don't believe in the Trinity. And that's, you know, one huge reason why we're like, no, not actually Christian. And their reasoning for that is, <laughs> I think it, their particular reasoning is very weak. They say that because the word Trinity doesn't show up in Scripture. And because the word does not show up in Scripture, it cannot therefore be a biblical doctrine. That's interesting. Isn't it? Because we don't have time. But like there are lots of words that don't show up in scripture that's like just because yeah. the word isn't there yeah. doesn't mean it's yeah, like... like bacteria doesn't <laughs> show up in scripture. But I still take Purell pretty seriously. As you should. And this is actually why they're called Jehovah's Witnesses. Because they believe that Jehovah is the only name of the true God. And Scott that's the only English, name. Of course, yeah, I'm yeah, sure. naturally. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so you you know you have to call him Jehovah. And uh, never mind that, you know, he's called God Almighty, Lord of hosts, um, so and they, Father throughout the Bible, just to name a few. No yeah, other right? names. They use no other names just ever. Jehovah. Wow. Jehovah. That's a, yeah, some, that's a true name. Some missed opportunities, I feel that like. That is, yeah. Because there's a lot of other great wow. names. Yeah, but that's the one, you know. It mm. doesn't matter that the scripture has tons and tons of other names yeah. for him. But Fair Yeah, you know, they, they take it seriously. Which, okay, you break that down. Once again, this means that Jesus is not God. Again, ah, huge problem. Yeah. So rather in their system, Jesus is a lesser created God, wow. little g God, who actually is the Archangel Michael. Oh, see, actually. now we're getting, that wasn't necessary. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been easier to swallow if you hadn't said that. He is he is the Archangel Michael. But get this, during his incarnation, he was just a mere man. There was okay. no anything. It was just he's just a man. Do somehow. they do they take seriously miraculous events performed by Christ? So miraculous events they would. Okay. They will take those. They will take those. But not from any inborn sense of divinity. Or right. Anything. Okay. Yeah. And don't ask me to explain those, how those all fit together, because <laughs> I mean, fair. it's not even that like, you know, like you think like the Trinity, it does not defy logic. It's just like this kind of super reasonable, like, oh, like it says this, we make sense of it in these categories. But like, well, yeah, he's a lesser God, but not really. He wasn't really Jesus. He was, he was Michael. And then he incarnated. But like, why did he incarnate if mm. he's just like, how does that work? Yeah. And then on top of that, so here's where it gets, you know, talking about the miracles. <laughs> mm. They don't believe the resurrection was a physical event. It was like a... A spiritual resurrection. Oh, dang. What are these? You know? Yeah. Oh, well, it doesn't matter that he ate food or, yeah. you know, said like, oh, yeah, touch me and see that I am not a ghost and I have flesh and blood and bones. Like, you know, in a spiritual sense. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the way spirits do in a spiritual way, <laughs> naturally. So um, I say all that to say, you know, 
just like I legitimately can't make heads or tails of their teaching about Jesus. Like mm-hmm. when I read it, I'm like, I don't see a systematic way of understanding that. Again, I don't want to try to misrepresent them or straw man them. I hate it when people don't do that to anybody. Sure, um, yeah. But I'm sure they have some way in their own thinking of trying to explain that. But I cannot make heads or tails of that or how that all fits together in the pattern of, you know, biblical revelation. Because we'll talk about this here in a minute. But like they read basically the same Bible we do with read, some pretty uh, big changes. Uh, We're okay, going to get to that. Okay. Yeah. But like, I mean, it's not like they they didn't add like the Book of Mormon. Yeah. They don't have their own like sacred text that they add yeah. on top of scripture. Okay. And all that also naturally means the Holy Spirit is not God. And they actually, he's just like an impersonal force. Mm. It's just like, I just don't, I don't understand mm. it. Um, I mean, like what kind of force is like, what yeah. does that even mean? Uh, like, I mean, who can say, you know, who can say? I am one of the force and the force is with me. <laughs> I think Rogue One settled that issue. Yes, yes, yes. Also, now this is, I think this is more, this is for fun. As regards the second coming of Jesus, they believe it, but they believe it it already happened invisibly and spiritually in the year 1914. Unexpected. Yes. Wow. They got me. We missed it. We were were not yet born when Jesus came back. So much for every eye seeing him and everyone knowing, you know, that he, he he was back. And they also do believe, so somehow, Jesus' return does not quite fit with what's ultimately going to happen at the end of history because they also believe that ultimately 144,000 people in an anointed class mm. will reign with Christ in heaven one day and the rest of the faithful will just live in an Edenic earth. I mean, it's an Edenic earth, but like the anointed class. Yeah. They're reigning mm. with Christ in like heaven. caste system. How fun. <laughs> it's not fun though. It's actually not at all fun. <laughs> Behold, our 144,000 heavenly overlords. Yeah. Reigning and doing whatever they're. Too many cooks in that kitchen, let me tell you what. And too many cooks can spoil the broth. Exactly. You know? So, I mean, there's always, there's much more we could cover as far as what they believe and teach. Sure. I think I identified like 11 or 12 of very distinct things that they wow. teach and believe. So we could cover a lot more. But I thought that with the time we had left, because. I think you're most likely to have interactions with Jehovah's Witnesses, just statistically. I, yeah, I, I actually yeah, don't sure. like know that actually, but I'm just I'm completely well, guessing. I've I think never right. been approached by a Mormon to talk about their faith. Yeah, same. But mm-hmm. I have been approached by Jehovah's Witnesses. Right. So I do think it would be helpful to think through, say, their particular views on Jesus and how yeah. we can counter that in a very winsome, but also very, I think, decisively true way from their own translation of scripture. So what's interesting is that Jehovah's Witnesses do have their own translation. <laughs> of the Bible. Yeah, it's called the New World Translation. I knew it. <laughs> uh, if you get like a particular about what precise words show up in scripture, like grappling with translations, all the ones we have at our disposal is impossible. Yeah. You have to do your own thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> it's like every translation that's ever been produced in any language has said this. However, all of them are wrong. Yeah. And therefore, we're going to, you know, with all of our Greek scholasticism, make True. up our own. Yeah. So part of the utility for them in having this translation is that, I mean, exactly what you were alluding to is that it helps them advocate for their own ideas. Yeah, sure. Um, and in this case, it really helps them with the idea that Jesus is not a member of the triune Godhead, that he's like a lesser created being. Right. Here's what I mean. If you pull up your English Bible right now to John 1.1, 1, 1, mm-hmm. any translation you read, except for the Jehovah's Witnesses translation, um, will read something like, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Yeah. And that's John's very beautiful and succinct way of saying like, Jesus is separate. He was with God, but he also was God, right? Like it's this Trinitarian 
doctrine. Right. However, the New World Translation reads, in the beginning, the word was, mm. and the word was with God, and the word was a God. Subtle. Uh, yes, a God. <laughs> Very subtle. Yes, like, oh, wait, well, hold on, what? A separate God. And uh, if you try to argue the Greek grammar with a Jehovah's Witness on this point, that's a fruitless debate. That's uh, just, they will, yeah, it's just like, sure. they're just going to say, well, no, you just, you're misunderstanding John's framing of that in the Greek. And all the scholars going all the way back to, you know, like Clement of Rome and, and Chrysostom and Augustine and everyone's like, no, 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 no. We have learned truly the Greek. Yeah. We have learned it. If I was trying to do my own translation and I wanted to be like, I'm drawing a line between like Christ and the Trinity, I don't even know if I would bother with that verse. Yeah, I know. It's I like, don't know why if would I'd you... be like spending the energy to add ah. <laughs> I don't think I'd do it. I'd just be like, yeah, well, you know, and you then know. shrug at someone. <laughs> it just seems like a lot of energy went into that particular thing. It did. And it's especially interesting because when you go down a couple of verses, as we're going to see, okay. it definitely makes what they're doing like an exercise, <laughs> basically in futility, because you don't have to argue over John 1.1. You can go down to John 1.3, and you can go the route that a teacher named Greg Kukul kind of pointed out. Because if you go down to John 1.3... Even in the New World Translation, it reads basically the same as every other English translation. It says, all things, this is really important, like you can hear this, pay attention to this, all things came into existence through him. And apart from him, not even one thing came into existence. So what John is doing there basically is he's putting everything into two categories. Mm -hmm. Everything that came into existence, right? Mm -hmm. Or we could put it like everything that was created. Yeah, all created things. Yeah. And then that only leaves you one other category, which is... Uncreated things. Uncreated things. Exactly, right? So what belongs in the uncreated things category? That would would just be the creator God. Yes. Right. By definition. By by our definition, we would say the triune creator. (laughs) Yes, we would. We would say the triune creator God, right? It's like you God over there and then everything else comes into existence. It's right. Like, it's like when Nicolas Cage in the movie Knowing, and there's like at the end, it just says E E. I think it's like everyone else or something like that. No one asked for that reference, but shout out to Nick Cage. <laughs> we love Nick Cage here. So, yes, yeah, so you have those two categories, and what John just said, and what their own translation affirms, is that everything that went into the created category happened through Jesus. Mm. Like, in other words, that puts him clearly in the other category. Like if it came into existence, it did it through Jesus, which necessarily logically means he didn't come into existence. So does that mean if they think Christ was a created God, do then they think it's like just another tier of created things, like created things can create things. And that's just how they say, oh, it all. So they, I think one common rejoinder you would hear would be something like, well, like when he says apart from him, nothing was made, they mean like except for him. So like with the exception of him. So like, it's like, you know, if you are like going to go on vacation somewhere, it's like, oh, well, the whole family went on the vacation with the exception of Billy. Oh yeah. Like Billy's still part of the family. Yeah. But you're saying with the exception. The problem with that is is if you actually, you know, you run the test and like, well, let's insert that into the verse. It's like all things came into existence through him, except him. Like that's, yeah. Like that makes no sense. Like we're trying to figure that all things came into existence through him, except him. Like all things that were created, because that's what John is saying. All things that were created were created through him, except him. Mm. But John is saying all things that were created. Like, but you just said, like, you just can't, that doesn't make sense. Like, that just logically is not, it's not even just like, oh, like that, like, supersedes logic. Like, it it violates logic. It's like, it's a violation of the law of non-contradiction. Jesus can't be created and not created at the same time. But that's what you're saying. If you say that, like, all things that exist. Yeah, it's just this persistent loophole. Yeah, it is. Like, all things that were created 
we're created by him, accept him. Like you just, it's like, what in the world does that mean? Like you can't even comprehend it. Like even saying it out loud, I'm like, it's does that make sense? It's the most unhelpful way to word it. Like if, yeah. if you want, okay, if you want Christ to be uh, this created figure, it would have been far better if you just rewritten the entire verse. Yeah. And just find some way to say like, well, no, we just misunderstanding how to translate Greek literally for thousands of years. And we're just going to translate it a different way. Exactly. But yeah. instead it's like, it's all that stuff. Yeah. It just absolutely falls in on itself. But that's, that is what Jehovah's Witnesses believe. And I think given all that, it's pretty easy to see why we do not consider them orthodox Christians, yeah. given all those things. So that's the Jehovah's Witnesses for you. Wowie. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 You can have that fun discussion the next time that uh, someone comes knocking on your door, you know, <sighs> be a fun About time. As fun as a caste system. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I said this in the Mormonism podcast that... Um, with COVID, I've gotten handwritten letters from Jehovah's Witnesses, but no one's come knocking on my door. But I've gotten letters. Wow. Like inviting me to like live streams and stuff. Oh, uh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And things of that nature. So very interesting, you know, got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Spread the good word according to Charles Taze Russell. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> uh, well, that's Jehovah's Witnesses in brief. And if you have any questions on them or any other topic or any other cult. All right. You can shoot those to us, podcast at horizonschurch.net, or you can interact with us on social media. And uh, if you found this helpful, invigorating, fun, question mark, if learning about cults like Ethan is what gets you out of bed in the morning. If you found this half as fun as I did. <laughs> Leave us an honest five-star review. Yeah. Like, I, I got really serious. I turned, I was like trying to be, I understand like voice humor doesn't, it's not the same <laughs> when you can't look at me. That was a long diatribe. That's that a long right? little rabbit trail that ended out there. Mm. Thanks for listening. <laughs> and we'll catch you next time. Mm.